This is Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax. Yes, my voice is still terrible, but don't worry. I have to talk only half the time today because DeMichael Cole is with me, my wonderful co-host. Luke Kennard is back. Thank goodness. We're going to preview Grizzlies Jazz. And remember how we talked about Desmond Bain had an easier path to the All-Star game because Damian Lillard was no longer in the conference? That just got a lot harder with James Harden arriving to the Clippers. We'll talk about that more next on Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Monax. Joined by my co-host, Michael Cole. Always nice when the commercial appeals Memphis Grizzlies beat writer able to join us. He's a very busy guy, as everybody knows this time of year. But he's he's my better half, even when I don't sound uh, like I smoke, you know, numerous packs of cigarettes a day, which is terrible for you. Don't do it. I promise my voice will get better at some point. Thank you guys for being with us, as always, here on Lockdown Grizzlies. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Again, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. YouTube, all those wonderful places. Memphis is not the most wonderful place on the planet when it comes to NBA basketball. As of this recording to Michael Cole, you, sir, are the beat writer for the worst basketball team in the NBA. Not hyperbole. I'm not positive that the Rockets are playing as we record. But at 0-4, as of this moment, the Memphis Grizzlies are the worst team in the National Basketball Association. I thought they would start slow when I talked about that on yesterday's show. I didn't think they would start at a sloth's pace. It's, it's definitely surprising, but I mean, you know, you, you don't want to make excuses for it. Like, cause when I say these things, I speak from a reality perspective more so than a, Hey, it's going to be okay. This is an excuse, but they're just undermanned. Like, I, I don't know what else people want me to say. They're blaming coaching. All right. Well, you go give Greg Popovich this roster of guys, uh, and see what happens. I mean, Greg Pop is arguably one of the best coaches in the world. We saw what he did when he had Tim Duncan and, you know, uh, David Robinson, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, and we see what he's been doing since those those guys have been gone. Like, <laughs> a big part of coaching is talent. You're, you're not going to win if you don't have, you know, very talented players to complement your, your, your star players. And the Grizzlies went into this season thinking they were going to have a certain amount of guys. And they're down like five rotation guys right now. Like we just talked about it at the top. Luke Kennard is expected back. And uh, I goodness, <laughs> golly day, DeMichael. I know you were waiting on this one. Well, and you know, you and I can talk more about this. Yep. But one guy goes on to the injured list, yep. Derek Rose, who Left I was soreness. surprised by the support that I got for my Derek Rose take on yesterday's show. I thought I was going to get destroyed in the comments. You, you were fair. You were fair. 
And I was like 50-50, which is a heck of a number for me. That's a pretty solid ratio when it comes to people agreeing with me. So shout out to YouTube commenters. I I was very happy to see the folks were on my side with that. But Derek Rose out due to knee soreness. And I want to stress, that's not surprising. And that's also not his fault. Like, I don't think that's, I'm not adding that to the list with Derek Rose critiques, at least for me. Yeah, um, it's, that's going to that's gonna be the right. thing. You know, he, he's going to miss some games. Yeah. Right. But you replace him with Luke Kennard, in theory, a better offensive fit that should help Grizzlies offense. The last time this offense was this bad, DeMichael, their record was 22 and 60. Mm. Uh, 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 could you imagine? I mean, with all this talent that on this was, roster and all this Taylor money. Taylor Jenkins into, would be fired. That would be yeah, it, yeah. Taylor Jenkins, if this continued in this way. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it'll be that bad, though, because uh, you got a lot of talent on this roster. you got a lot of guys figuring it out. But getting to the point of the addition of Luke Kennard, right? Uh, we talked about this. I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I wrote about it uh, yesterday. Just like the depth is a huge issue right now. And getting Luke Kennard back, not only – helps add depth to the roster, but it kind of is addition in terms of you take, you put him into the lineup and you take one of those guys that have been struggling, you know, and you decrease their minutes. We saw, I think Jake LaRavia had six minutes, you know, in the last game, he's six probably minutes too many. <laughs> he He's probably the man who's going to, you know, be subtracted, you know, from the rotation, you know, in this case scenario, but I mean, you get a shooter and we know he struggled before struggled shooting before, uh, going you know going into the concussion protocol but you never know and he, he's such a great shooter that that time away might be what he needed he might come back just you mean firing on all cylinders he's too good of a shooter to just come back just slumping like continuing a slump that's over a week old uh, I, I don't think that's the case but uh, the the impact that he's going to give this team coming off the bench now you're talking about having Luke Kennard you know certified scorer uh coming off that bench unit because right now the bench is just I mean we saw Tim Hardaway himself outscored the entire Grizzlies bench 21 to 13 in that last game if you add the the rest of the Mavs reserves to it it was 39 to 13 you go back to the Wizards game they were tied I think they lost uh to the vaunted Denver Nuggets bench right whoever thought the Denver Nuggets bench would be the bench outscoring the Grizzlies Reggie Jackson pretty much you know was cooking them that game uh the Grizzlies haven't outscored another bench since the season opened against the Pelicans so uh, that's just not what you're used to around here. But guess what? Luke Kennard being back should help that. 100%. It should help with spacing. And what I am hopeful of, partner, and I'm guessing you'll have a take on this as well, obviously with Rose out, they don't have a backup point guard on the bench, yeah. right? So right. you would imagine they'll they'll tweak the rotation in a way where it's Desmond Bain or Marcus Smart running the reserve offense as best they can since there aren't really reserves right now anyway because of all the injuries. I want to see Detroit Pistons' Luke Kennard. I want to see him run the points up. First game back? I want him to have some opportunity to facilitate offense because if a shooting stroke isn't there to Michael, another way that you can get into rhythm beyond just shooting the basketball is within scheme, within sets, creating offense for others and getting into the field of the game in that way. Marcus Smart has had a hell of a start to the season. Right. Desmond Bain has had a hell of a start to the season. Let those guys continue the cook, and then once you find your footing, then you start taking your shots. 
not forcing things just because he feels like he has to shoot, I think that would be the answer. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to knock John Conchar for not yeah, shooting. I, I was going to say, you, you might not like my response to this. Right, right. Kennard has to shoot. Yeah. But he also needs to get himself comfortable first. John Conchar is not going to shoot regardless of his comfort. I want to see an in-rhythm canard when he takes his first shot, coming off of a screen, be able to set his feet. I don't want it to be rushed. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like I like where you're going with that, but at the end of the day, I just think he's he's a little bit far down the list. I think what you're, what you're asking for is uh, kind of what I think he should do, but not as the primary guy. Think about the way that Desmond Bain has been used in certain games. The last game, for example, a secondary playmaker role where he's still getting, you know, uh, playmaking opportunities, but it's within what the Grizzlies are calling their second gear of the offense. He's not running the point guard up the floor. He's the guy who's coming off a screen, and then he has the option of shooting, or he has a guy in the corner, or he has a guy rolling to the rim, and you're giving him those facilitating options along uh, with the shot. So I think that's kind of, you know, in a second secondary playmaker uh, facilitating role, that's what you're going to see Luke Kennard in. I think he's not going to be the primary guy. Uh, Marcus Smart will be when he's on the floor. Then I think they'll stagger that with Desmond Bank getting those opportunities as well. The other guy, uh, which I think who would be in, in position to get those minutes is John Conchar. I think John Conchar, for all things considered, all things considered, point Conchar has not been bad. You, you, he has been fairly good. If you go back to that Suns game, Two seasons ago, right when the Grizzlies started all those backups and John Conchar got to start at point guard. And then you just go back to, I know it's the preseason, but the first preseason game, uh, he he looked fine in that role in terms of just setting guys up. You, you know, he's n- not a world beater uh, by any any stretch, but at the end of the day, uh, you just want someone who understands where to get the get ball to certain guys and spots. And I think John Conchar has a decent understanding of that. So when you get past Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain, uh, handling most of that role, I think John Conchar is going to be the next guy in line, if not Jacob Gilliard, of course. Did you really just suggest point Conchar? I, go go check Luke the numbers. Bernard? Go check the numbers. That's he, that man has that man has has some real good games where he's been in playmaking roles. Check the numbers. You remember? Didn't he have a triple double in that game against the Suns? His assist percentage to this point this season. Oh, is not six point nine percent. He's just standing in the corner. He's a corner boy this season. Nine. You know who has a higher assist percentage? Literally everybody. Jaron Jackson Jr. has a higher assist percentage. Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams, Xavier Tillman. Let's have point X compared to point contract. <laughs> it's I know a different it's a small role. Sample size. Different I role. Get it. I I just, you know, you and your love of white rice. You must really that's, enjoy that's like. Joe, I'm, I, you're a football coach, so I'm I'm, I'm going to use your analogies here. That's like saying that's like saying you know uh, your your slot receiver and and and, and your uh your 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 wide receiver, your X receiver, uh, have the same amount of uh, yards per attempt on on their passes when you know your slot guy is running the shorter routes and the other guy. It's it's a different position. You put that slot guy out on the outside, and he's going to get at more uh, yards per reception. Like. Come on, it's apples to oranges. Apples to oranges. I you put him thought, on the ball, different situation. I never thought you would become a John Conchar apologist. That's I'm why. just I'm just speaking to point Conchar in a in an emergency reserve role. Well, I, I, he's not a world beater. I'm just saying it, for a guy who can kind of just keep the line moving, 
So when, when he comes in, they don't get beat by 50 points. They just lose by five or 10. It's John Conchars uh, mixed in line. <laughs> good Lord. That's where we're at. Welcome to Locked On Grizzlies. Watch the Memphis Grizzlies as we try to figure out how the team only loses by 10 points instead of 50. <laughs> if that's not a hook to stick around, I don't know what is. We're going to talk about Grizzlies at the Utah Jazz next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Obviously, the NBA just got underway, but the NFL is in full swing. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When we come back, DeMichael's probably going to talk more about John Conchar as we get into Grizzlies jazz. Stick with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media, joined by DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal. He is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I am the Memphis Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. Between the two of us, we're fairly positive. I wrote a piece about staying positive regarding the Memphis Grizzlies for Bluff City Media. DeMichael Cole has been pretty positive in his coverage. We're balanced, but we're not going to crush these guys, right? They're down numerous contributors and that's still true going into tonight's game against the Utah Jazz. They're out in Utah, the first of a road trip. The team desperately needs a win. Everybody knows that. DeMichael, aside from Point Conchar, which I just would really rather not discuss for this segment, um, what are some keys to tonight's game for the Grizzlies to get on the winning track? I think you got to run these guys off the three-point line, though. We, we saw it last season, right? Uh, Kelly Olenek, Lauren Markkinen, those guys lit up the Grizzlies, you know, in, in Utah. Uh, I think that was, you know, one of the early season losses, and, and the Grizzlies played fairly well on offense, but, uh, I mean, they shot the ball really well. And now you got Jaron Jackson Jr. in the lineup. Remember last year that was Santi, you know, playing in his spot. You got X in the lineup, who is a little bit more mobile than Steven Adams. I think we can say that. I think you have a better chance, you know, against the the John Collins, Laurie Marketing, you know, uh, Kelly Olenix of the world. Those guys are all pick and pop type players uh, for this Utah Jazz team. You got to be, you got to have your hand up. You got to have bigs who are comfortable of being out on the island. Executive Tillman and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. have showed that ability. We know what Jordan Clarkson uh, brings to the table as a scorer. I, I think the Grizzlies have, you know, a lot of perimeter, you know, uh, firepower defensively to at least throw some guys at them. We see. In the NBA, some guys are just super talented. We saw Luca the other day. Like, I don't think the Grizzlies played bad defense. He just he's Luca Doncic. Uh, but that's what I want to see. Uh, we've seen the last two games, right? The Grizzlies have struggled of uh, stop stopping with, with the three point defense. Uh, Washington shot from from three point percentage well, and I think Dallas was what twenty three or forty seven. Overall, Luca was six of twelve uh, just by himself, and we saw the reserves uh, hit a bunch of threes. Taylor Jenkins emphasizes, you know, uh, stopping the paint. You know, it's kind of similar to that Bootenhoser and, and, and those guys' uh, background. They're not, they don't want you to get into the paint and get the easy baskets. They want to make you earn it from deep. 
Uh, this Utah team, if you dare them too many times, they can burn you from there. So you just got to be a little bit more conscious this game of their three-point shooting. Their rotations defensively have been atrocious. And yeah. I do think we have to be fair to the players. A lot of it, as you just alluded to, is scheme. So at what point, DeMichael, because you're around this team almost every day, right? You were at practice yesterday. You go on road trips. You're not going to Utah on this, this road trip, I don't believe. Right, but right. you'll go on a couple of other road trips as the season goes on. You're around this team a lot, as much as anybody that is, you know, not working for the organization. What <laughs> what can Taylor Jenkins do at some point as a coach? Because you mentioned I'm a coach earlier. Uh, I was a, a football coach. Um, at, at some point, you stop beating your head against the wall and you make some tweaks to the scheme that you run. You can be true to what your core identity is in terms of stopping something that the opponent wants to do. But right. They are currently 28th in the National Basketball Association in terms of opponents' three-point percentage. They yep. Opposing teams are shooting almost 42% from beyond the arc. Steph Dallas Curry numbers. <laughs> made an absurd amount of threes, 23 threes, I think. Yep. If the Grizzlies are going to let opposing teams make 23 threes, they're not going to win most of the games they play. There has to be some level of adjustment from the coaching staff. It can't all just be on the players. And, and I agree to that, but here's my counter. So um, at the end of the day, you can't argue with the results from the standpoint of we've seen teams get hot against the Grizzlies from three-point range before, right? Last season I was talking about the Jazz game, but we saw last year actually when they went to D.C., the Wizards had a good three-point shooting game against them last season. Uh, but by the end of the season, Memphis still had a top-five defense, same thing the year before. So I won't hit the – the alert button just yet because if you look at the history of it taylor jenkins i will say this he's daring the right guys to shoot Derek jones jr for goodness sake made five three-pointers <laughs> i mean sometimes you gotta remember last last year in the playoffs what was it game one when rudy hotchmore pretty much made like his regular season amount of three-pointers in one game against the grizzlies like the Memphis grizzlies helped get that guy a big fat contract they they, was, they got him paid you know like Salvation Army, giving stuff out out there. Christmas time, man. <laughs> and, and so, I think it's 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 circumstantial, you know. Uh, but but in this game in particular, it should be a bigger emphasis because Jordan Clarkson doesn't scare me driving to the rim. Taylor Horton Tucker is nice driving to the rim, but he's the one guy who really can't shoot. So he's the guy that you're gonna say, "Hey, dare him to beat you from three point range." Um, but those other guys, Laurie Market is seven foot, very mobile. Uh, John Collins, very rim. Uh, you know, Walker Kessler, same thing, very, very big athletic guy. Uh, you want them to, to beat you, you know, from from uh, you know, like you 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 have the rim protection to kind of if you if you force those guys to put the ball on the floor, John Collins, you probably gonna have Jaron Jackson Jr. X in front of him. Uh, that is that is a favorable matchup, in my opinion, you know, for the Grizzlies. So I think in this game, you just you just got to be more cautious of the three-pointer and say, hey, let's see some of these guys uh, pump fake at the three-point line, go off the dribble, see if they can beat us to the rim. Laurie Markin is probably the one. I mean, he he's a certified scorer, one of the, one of the best, you know, his position. But those other guys, uh, make them make them get to the basket and and finish over Jaron Jackson Jr. Or, or finish, you know, with Xavier Tillman Sr. contesting with his long arms and things like that. I think that 
bodes well for the Grizzlies in this game if, you know, uh, they don't get burnt from deep. Because Utah's going to come out trying to shoot the ball. You have the two most recent defensive players of the year. They are on your roster. One of them is a big. The other one is a perimeter wing that should be able to stay in front of somebody in the backcourt. I don't think Markinen should be checked by Marcus Smart in this one. Um, the Jazz are going to go big. That's something yeah. to keep an eye on. They have a very large front court. The Grizzlies simply don't have the capacity to do that right now. So it's going to be a battle of styles. It's going to be an interesting game to watch out there in Utah. I am actually going to predict a Grizzlies win because oh. I think they're I think they're desperate. Like the the desperate team usually yeah. wins. And I don't think Utah is desperate on November 1st. I just don't think they're feeling that energy. The Grizzlies are most certainly feeling that energy, whether it's Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams. Yeah. You know, you hear these guys talk to the media. They understand that this is not cool. This is not okay. And I think they're tired of the conversation about it. So I'm going to go with the Grizzlies win in this one. I have them uh, improving to one and four. Improving to one and four. I don't know, Joe. I, I, I really don't for this one. I mean, going to Utah is tough. I, I, I'll tell you this. They'll win two in Portland. They'll win the two in Portland. Yeah. I, I, I think this Portland game, is definitely trying to lose. This game against Utah is, is a toss-up because I can see Utah getting hot from three-point range. But a lot talent-wise, I think the Grizzlies match up well in this game. This is a game that's very winnable on paper. But when you get into the schematics, again, the Grizzlies are struggling, a limiting three-point uh, percentage right now. Utah has a lot of guys that can shoot it uh, similarly to Dallas. And if they, they get hot, like it could be a tough game. I'm not saying it'll be an easy win, but I believe in Luke Conchar or Luke Kennard. That was a Freudian. There you go. Luke Conchar. Luke Conchar, baby. We got Conchar all in this guy's head right now. Can't merge. That would be so bad. Um, I believe (laughs) in Luke Kennard. Would that that be steamed rice? Oh, that would just be a guy who still doesn't shoot the ball, but he would just be a lot better when he did. Um, (laughs) But anyway. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a challenging game, but I, I think the Grizzlies are going to pull it off. Luke Kennard is going to get hot and, and help push Memphis through. And Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., they continue their torrid pace that they started against Dallas. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, DeMichael and I will talk about James Harden, the newest member of the Western Conference. Are the Los Angeles Clippers a championship contender? What does this mean for Desmond Bain and the All-Star Game? Talk about all that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal. He is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication in Memphis. Between the two of us, you've come to the right place for Memphis Grizzlies content. Obviously, we've been focused on the Grizzlies this entire show so far, but we'd be remiss if we didn't address the blockbuster deal James Harden, I yeah. saw a tw- I saw a post on X. I wish I could give credit to whoever said it. The the two happiest days of NBA. Oh, I saw that. I saw are that. when your team acquires <laughs> James Harden and when your team trades away James Harden, which I just thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah uh, that's the experience. The happy teams were the 76ers and the Los Angeles Clippers this time. Harden goes to LA. They don't trade Terrence Mann, which is huge for the Clippers, I thought. They didn't even trade um, Norm Powell. Like, no. man. They have some decent depth still. So uh, it's a two-part question here for you, partner, to get us out here on this uh, Wednesday edition of the show. A, 
are the Clippers more of a title contender now than they were? Because I think some people are kind of poo-pooing on this yeah. because of the baggage that comes with Harden. Mm-hmm. Their starting five could be if they want to, you know, be big. Westbrook, Harden, yeah. George, Leonard, Zubak. If they want to go small, they could put Man in there. Man might be the starter anyway, and you go Russell Westbrook as your sixth man, eater of worlds against reserves. Uh, there's there's a lot of depth to this team. Are they a title contender in your eyes now? And then the second part, Desmond Bain, should he be a little more nervous now that Damian Lillard essentially has been replaced by James Harden in the Western Man. Conference all-star guard mix? I, I, for one, with this trade, this is, this is how I want to address it. The James Harden move didn't really shake me from the standpoint of, oh, they're automatic – you know, the favorites to come out of the West. But it is a needle mover in a different way for me. We'll see how, you know, they work it out. We know James Harden has played on the ball a lot more last five, six years of his career. Russell Westbrook, you know, is playing kind of well now uh, with the Clippers as opposed to the Lakers because he's playing on the ball more, whereas with the Lakers he was, you know, having to to cut and play off the ball off of guys like LeBron and all those other guys and whatnot. But it's a different situation here uh, where I think he's – found some comfort in playing on the ball. So if we'll see how they work it out. But here's what stands out to me in this trade that it's a little bit scary. So why this team could be really good. Joe, it doesn't take a you know smart man to figure. I'm just going to ask you this on the spot. Uh, what's been the thing that has kind of hampered the Clippers the last four years? Whoa, whoa. First off, it doesn't take a smart man to figure this out. Joe, I'm going to ask you this on the spot. <laughs> I picked up on that, DeMichael. I'm, I, I, I see <laughs> no, what you're no, doing there. That, that's that's um, not what I'm doing. This is going to prove you're a smart man. What's held them back is the fact that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can't play in the postseason. Exactly. It, it, see, Joe, you're a smart man. Like, I put you on the spot because I knew you were a smart man. Now, take that point, right? This move, you add James Harden. So let's say last year in the first round, Paul George was out. Kawhi Leonard ended up getting hurt. But let's say Paul George is out. Now you still have Kawhi Leonard. You still have James Harden. And you still have Russell Westbrook. And then you still have the depth. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's exaggerated to say their, their second unit could probably beat the Trailblazers. It'll give them a run. I mean, Bones Highland, that's that's a double-digit score. Not with the bad, minutes. not bad. Uh, Norm Powell very well could average 20 points a game on, on a lot of teams. He is a six-man of the year a candidate, but he might not just get the minutes. We know, I mean, we know what this team thinks about Terrence Mann. Uh, this, he is the 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 Rudy Gobert. Uh, <laughs> he's the reason Rudy Gobert is not in Utah anymore. So um, Terrence Mann, I mean, Mason Plumley has been a name we, we've, we talked about a little bit recently here on Locked On Grizzlies as a potential uh, trade piece one day for the Grizzlies at that center position. But they have a quality depth over there now pretty much at every position. So I think they're just better suited to handle those mishaps. If Paul George goes down, okay, now you rely on Kawhi Leonard and James Harden. If Kawhi Leonard goes down, you got James Harden and Paul George, and you got a nice bench to complement it. Basically, in the past, if you lose Kawhi or Paul George, they've still been good, but they haven't been able to get to that next level. I think they're deep enough at this point where if they lose one of those guys in the first round and say, oh, he can get back for the Western Conference Finals, they can win a second-round series depending on who they match up against. That's the thing that helps in this case. As for Desmond Baines, mm-hmm. uh, all-star chances, uh, doesn't move the needle for me. 
Uh, I, I think James Harden is going to go in this situation and he's going to be a very selfless player. He's not going to go over here and try to, you know, show I'm still prime Harden and try to average 26, 27 points a game. He's just going to try to find his way. And I don't think his numbers uh, will, will wow us to the point where we're talking about him being over Desmond Bain and same thing with Russell Westbrook. So it doesn't really move the needle. Uh, it puts more star player, star power in terms of name recognition, but in terms of game, I think Desmond Bain's number still uh, laps his. Yeah, I would agree. I, I agree on both counts. I think it impacts the Western Conference more yeah. than it impacts the All-Star game. Um, I think Desmond Bain's still going to have every chance to be that guy to get that first All-Star nod. I do think that it makes the Western Conference, you know, you've got Phoenix, you've got Denver, you've got the Lakers. I think that the Clippers have to be in that mix. You got Golden yeah. State still. Did you see my tweet about that yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. It, it made sense, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you literally—it's it's like six teams, and, and that made big moves or will be, you know, pretty much heavily scrutinized sure. if they don't win the Western Conference this year. And basically, only one of them can really win. Uh, the Grizzlies aren't in that conversation right now because of all the things going on, you know, mm-hmm. around them. This isn't a talent thing. This is more so just, uh, you know, teams made kind of sort of desperation moves. A lot of them, you know, Chris Paul to Golden State, you basically got rid of one of your young 20 point per game scores that you just extended in Jordan Poole, a guy that was very monumental in your championship. So they, you know, shortened their timeline you know, kind of in a way with that move. So if it doesn't work out for the Warriors, that hurts. We know if it doesn't work for, out for the Clippers, all those guys that we just mentioned are free agents at the end of the season. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, all those guys, James Harden. So if it doesn't work out for them, they're toast. Uh, same thing with the Suns. They went all in. They have no cap space. Uh, they're in the second apron. All these teams are all in. That's what's so interesting to me. The Western Conference is, is, is it's really about to be a bloodbath. We'll see where the Grizzlies kind of uh, stand, you know, in this in this race. The Grizzlies are just trying to get a win. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs. <laughs> I just want to win a game, right? That's uh, Jim Mora for those yeah. of you that are old like me and remembering that infamous press conference. Um, James Harden in the Western Conference, man. He's back in the, in the West, and he's going to be fun to watch, I think. It's going to be a... Yeah. An interesting mix there at the Clippers, something to keep an eye on. Thank you guys so much for checking us out here on Locked on Grizzlies. Again, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on YouTube. Be an everydayer. Come back and come around with DeMichael and I each and every day here on Locked on Grizzlies. On our next episode of Locked on Grizzlies, I'm going to give my voice a day off. I think I just need to just rest it a bit. So DeMichael's going to be flying solo. DeMichael, obviously, you'll be talking all things Grizzlies jazz. Yeah, I, uh, we see Derrick Rose is missing the game with knee soreness. We know the Grizzlies players uh, get these soreness. What, what do we call yours? Is it is it vocal? Is it vocal soreness? Um, what, what is it called? Is it thor- probably bronchitis? <laughs> Bron- probably bronchitis. bronchitis. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh, we boy. can call it a vocal rest. We can call yeah, it there vocal we go. Rest. Vocal vocal rest for Joe Molinax getting a well deserved day off. But but yeah, we'll we'll recap. Uh, what should be a fun game. I think uh, the things that we hit on earlier, I really want to see how the Grizzlies can try to limit this team at the three-point line. If they can do that, I think it's a very great chance uh, that they come out with their first win of the season. So DeMichael, we'll have you for the Thursday show. We'll be back together for Friday, closing out the week. Thank you so much, wherever you're checking us out, for doing so. Continue to do so. Follow us on X, 
subscribe, rate, comment, likes, all those fun things. For the Michael, I'm Joe. We'll catch you next time on Lockdown Grizzlies.